Welcome back, guys, to Bitches Love Brunch. This is episode 51. And I am Courtney. And this is Kiana. And we're really excited to be back. Why? Because it's the anniversary episode. It is our anniversary episode. It's been two years, y'all, since we kicked this thing off. Ain't that crazy? It's a two-year-old. It feels like a two-year-old, too. Rambuctious. Damn, are we about to go into our terrible twos? We oh we not gonna claim terrible twos. We want terrific twos. Okay. Um, you sound like the parents else. that be spoiling their kids. My baby is not no. terrible. No, <laughs> I'm just joking. But, but you know what? After this weekend, I'm confident in what kind of parent I'm gonna be. Still not like a hundred percent confident, but I know no. Okay. We're going to have to talk know, about no. that later. but We will definitely talk about that later. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I didn't yeah, get... We're two, and we couldn't have turned two in a better way than this. Yes. Not this episode. This episode is special. Yes. So we're really excited. Um, happy anniversary, Kiana. Happy anniversary. It's our anniversary. That's as anniversary. much as I do. Yeah, oh, I, I just, two lines. <laughs> That's it. Two lines. All right. Well, let's do the thing, Courtney. All right. I'm excited because, again, we have a special guest. Yes, we do. We do. One of my beloved friends. Um, I don't even know if I would do you justice to introduce you because there's just so many elements to you. But my friend, our friend, Lauren, is here on the podcast Yay. with us. Lauren, welcome. Hi, I am fangirling right now. My smile. I also didn't know this is your anniversary. Yes. Yes. So I'm like, oh my god, I'm a bitch's love brush. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've been following you all since the beginning. And I just think it's so dope. And I'm just thankful to be here with both of you. We're glad to have you. And we appreciate the love because you have been there since the inception and always been really supportive. Yeah, you've been really great. I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lauren. We're excited (laughs) to have you. We're definitely excited to have you. So why don't we just do a brief catch up around the room? Courtney, how are you doing? What are you into? You got got lots of going on right now, Shia. I do, but by the time this comes out, I will have been coming back from like a 13-day just whirlwind. So Puerto Mm -hmm. Rico to Fort Lauderdale and then to our Black Alumni Weekend. So that's all happening. Yes. That's exactly exactly how I'm going to feel. Or Carmen Sandiego. Like, I'm just... I'm mentally preparing myself for that because I'm currently in the midst of it. But um, a lot is going on. All positive things, really. I really can't complain right now. I feel like I have a new lease on life. Yes. Yes. I'm energized. I'm motivated. Yes. Everything everything is is going well. So I can't complain. Spread those positive vibes. Yeah. And I'm also here for Black Girls Traveling. Always. So and I'm, as I'm staring at Q right now. Like, <laughs> yes, I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. And I'm always encouraging Lo to travel more and to do more and to just just go in, any and everywhere while we can. So it I is love what that. keeps me sane. So, yeah. 
I always enjoy Courtney, I'm so excited for your trips and to hear your stories. Please make the best memories in the world. I sure Try not try. to say no. Try not to say no while you're gone. Oh, that's rare when I'm on vacation. So, yes. Or traveling. Yeah. Like, you just do it. Just do it. You have to. You have to. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited because one of those trips, I'll be with you and we haven't seen each other in a while and it's always good for us to Get back to our roots on the bricks. Mm-hmm. No better place than where it all started. Our friends don't know what yet, but somebody's going to have to do like an iPhone photo shoot for us. Oh, we getting it in. <laughs> I just I need a couple, I just need a couple like, <clears throat> you know, stock photos for us to be able to come back with, you know? You know what? I ain't mad at you. That's all I'm we saying. Better get, we better get KT pics. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I went too far. Lauren, how are you doing? <laughs> oh my gosh. I it's insane. I am finishing my speaking engagement season. Mm. Which is weird to say as an adult. The speaking engagement season. Do y'all hear that? Like right. I'm finishing up my eleventh one next week and then I have one more left. So I've done wow. twelve in the last three months, which is pretty dope. And I just found out I've been accepted to the um, 100 Black Women of Greater Cleveland. Yes, what's up that's what's up oh yeah that's great um i am very similar to courtney right now my travel season kicks off in two days um so i will be out of town for the entire month of september <laughs> so i will wow. be east coast jetting it and um so if you're on the east coast hit me up let me know what that's brush true. places to go to um, when i'm back because i'll be there consistently and then um, probably when we come back, I'll be fresh off a trip or, yeah, I think I'll be fresh off a trip from Brazil. So it's been a lot of stuff going on right now. A lot of moving pieces, lots of fun things happening. Life is getting lit. And um, <laughs> you guys have to listen to the very end because we will have some updates coming Absolutely. for you guys. Absolutely, some so. great updates. So excited. So really excited. excited, yeah. We're right. a new a new page at too. I'm just so stoked about all of the topics you all have covered, and you're just so fair and balanced, which I hate to say because that's such a like Fox Newsy type of thing. <laughs> but I just think that you all have like touched different topics from different angles, and I think that's why I love. I just love brunch. Oh, wow. I just every time I'm like, I was just thinking that thing and had no way to talk to you about it. <laughs> Yes. You Courtney, you ready to pass them? 
pass them? Yes, go ahead. I don't have much to pass, but I can kick us off. Um, okay. We'll pass the mimosa. And yet again, this week, I am passing water. Ice cold water. Um, and that's all I got. You know, I think in the next 13 days, I will be uh, drinking enough <laughs> for 52 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'll make sure of that, guys. Don't you worry. Oh, goodness. I'll make sure of that. What are you guys drinking? So, Red Blend by 19 Crimes. I'm, so, I'm it's sorry. their uprising bottle. Just think it's a wee bit more alcohol in it. I was going <laughs> to say, pretty, when I first took a sip of this, you were like... If you've been drinking for a while, and especially when you have already started off at, like, Carlos Rossi, you can taste the difference in wine. And when I drank this, I said, ooh, strong, strong. Yeah. 19 Crimes is my go-to. Have you okay. had 19 Crimes before, Courtney? I have not. That's why I was like, this oh, is, this is new, adding it to the list. I think this is the first for me. I'm going to take a picture of it and send it to you. One of my homegirls in Nashville told me that there's actually where you can take pictures of your wine and it'll give you like a breakdown on what your wine is, the yes. blends, where it's from, so you can really understand wine. It does. And the uh, the inmates on the front, they move on the app. So like, Are these mm-hmm. real inmates? No. They, they, <laughs> they got really good branding. Okay. But they, <laughs> but they make up these stories and then if you put the app next to it, you can see the faces moving around and stuff like that. Sort of like the Walking Dead wine does. They have like an interactive bottle. Gotcha. I wouldn't be too drunk to be doing all that. I just, <laughs> just give me a glass and send me on my way. Listen, don't, don't right. I just need you to Don't pass let it be glass. a late night. <laughs> you're drunk and you take this picture of this moving criminal on your phone. You're going to freak out. Okay? I don't need that energy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't have time for those types of spirits. <laughs> That is funny. Well, thank you, Lo. We drink. Um, yeah, we're drinking. Tiana, can you make sure it's a cute picture so we can post it? <laughs> oh, that means you just tell me to retake it because I already sent it to you. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't even see it yet. I promise I didn't even look at it. I didn't know you sent it. Okay, well, as y'all do that, or. I don't know. Maybe Lauren's the better photographer of the bunch. Um, Kiana, you want to give us the quote? You want to share the good news? Kiana, I can't hear you. Courtney? Okay, I can hear you now. Um, This quote... It's from Alice Walker. Yes. And the quote is, the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. Come on. I love it. Also, Come Alice on. Walker is just like a personal favorite of mine. I'm here for oh, that. Oh, yeah. So that, that quote was so on point. So I'm going to let Kiana kick this conversation off. Um... I'm really excited for this conversation just because I know I know the advocacy that Lauren has for this topic. 
Um, and then, so just to hear her perspective on this, but also just coming from my HR background and being in the workplace, um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a very robust, robust conversation. Yes. So Kiana hits Absolutely. with it. Okay. So the reason why I wanted to include Lauren in this conversation is because in my recent experiences, um, and not even just Lauren, but trusted people that I had like Lauren and, uh, and, and the Courtney's. And honestly, you two were really big in this space in my life where I thought that I had experienced workplace harassment. And I think as an educated black woman, and not even just educated black woman, but I'm only speaking from my perspective, I felt lost. I felt like I didn't have a group to go to. I didn't know if I should go to HR. I didn't know if I should, I I didn't know if I was recognizing what harassment was. I didn't know, pretty much I wanted to know what the exact definition was and what it was that I was experiencing. And for me, I know that a lot of women who have been in my shoes and your shoes and according to you seen people too they might not even recognize that they're experiencing any type of unfairness and where they're working or whether that can even be qualified as harassment some people don't know that they're being or they're having the experiences they have until later almost um like any type of other traumas that you'll have in your life um some people recognize that hey this may be off but i didn't know that this was verbal abuse or physical abuse or emotional abuse things like that and so i think workplace harassment is just as important as that when we when um the me too era rose um i thought how interesting you know how that these women are getting these spaces to talk about these sexual allegations but let's not forget that these are the same men that we work with and people are still in these offices today yeah. so I just wanted to um, come here on our platform and have a discussion about what workplace harassment is and how people can recognize that. that. And there's so many buzzwords like triggers and microaggressions and just really get it down to the surface so that people can feel confident about what they feel is happening to them. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start off a little bit, just some background. So I'm... Lauren Welsh, the executive director of the Women's Leadership Guild, and I've had this organization for, I think, probably six or seven years now, but the whole um, premise of the Women's Leadership Guild is really to serve as a resource um, for women of color in the community, but specifically black women, um, and to advocate for them in various circles. Um, And I'll say that this topic kind of came up, one, because I had experienced it, but also I had a former coworker go on a podcast and talk about um, how she left the institution that we were at to go on to somewhere else. And she was suffering from what was sort of a PSTD or PSTD, PTSD, sorry, yeah, PTSD, um, and didn't know how to cope when she went to this new working environment. And so I was like, we need to be having more conversations about this because there are literally one out of three or one out of four people, mm-hmm. like 75% of people deal with workplace harassment and bullying. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, particularly here in Cleveland, it was important to me um, or Northeast Ohio, because what I've often seen is when I've even spoken up, up about things that are happening in the community, there tends to be like this kind of um, silencing that happens. So 
um, I called out a restaurant here in the city and it went viral. And I basically, with trusted information from uh, someone who gave me permission to share the story, basically was calling out on social channels how this, this restaurant was making women dress a certain way. They're their boobs weren't over a certain size. They couldn't work there or they were like actively not hiring people of color at this restaurant, but the list had gone on and on. Um, and it made me realize after like months of people retweeting it and sharing their stories that I was like, Oh, so like nothing happens unless we have leadership that will come in and make a change and make these things happen. And so from there, I met um, some really awesome women who were just on the cusp of starting an organization, which is up and fully running now, called Enlightened Solutions. And their whole their whole premise was to basically advocate for people who were going through workplace harassment and bullying. Yeah. They have a team of like eight people, and I said, the Women's Leadership Guild and Enlightened Solutions should come together to basically talk about these issues. And from there, we started what is now hashtag the Scarlet Letters Project. Mm -hmm. We had tons of stories nationally from people who were talking about their experiences in the workplace, talking about when they've gone through abuse in the workplace. But it was all anonymous. And so we took so out Lord, names and took out... Sorry. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. I was going to say, like, let's... Can we backtrack for a minute? Because I'd really yeah. like to for people to be able to identify what this is, right? Yeah. Like, so let's be able to... conversation with you two, and it was just yeah. like, right. what's happening here? Is it wrong? Yeah. So, so Lauren, if you could give some context different. of, like, yes. what this looks like in the workplace. I mean, I know that I've experienced it um, either personally or had to advocate or coach, you know, people through it from my profession, but... You know, from your experience, because I feel like this is really what has sparked the, I'll say, movements, plural, for mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Um, yeah. What that looks like, because I think I think that's sometimes the greatest struggle, like Kiana yeah. was saying, was being able to be in a situation where you can recognize it and call it for what it is. Because a lot of times, Absolutely. especially women don't know what they're experiencing. So if we can put a name to it for people to say this is what it is and you're not alone in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, it looks like a variation of things. So it could be isolation. It could be team members or your superiors keeping information from you. So that way you can't get ahead. It looks like, um, people giving you more work than what you're supposed to be getting. Um, so they can bog you down to a point where you can't actively really do all the jobs that are required of you because they're giving you tons and tons of work. It looks like verbal abuse. It looks like, um, embarrassing people in, in meetings or embarrassing behind, embarrassing them behind closed doors. It looks like retaliation. It looks like when you do finally kind of speak up about it, you are kept from opportunities, um, you might be talked about around the office. It looks like isolation. It looks like people keeping you from the rest of the core. Um, so that way you can't be your best self. And what ends up happening, I think the best way of recognizing it, even if you don't see, you don't specifically know what isolation looks like or things like that. I would say it looks like you don't feel comfortable coming to work. <laughs> and that's what I was going to say. Like, actually, it looks like exclusion. And you thinking about, yeah. And you thinking about the ways in which you feel uncomfortable or you have this anxiety going to work. You have to, I think most people should start there. Like 
what is that uncomfortable feeling besides like everybody's like, oh God, it's Monday morning. I really don't want to go because I want to be on the beach somewhere. I mean, there is it, is it, is, are you avoiding work? I know that I've gone through it and there were days where I was like cashing in all of my PTO. I'm just like, I need to work from home or I, I'm not feeling so well or whatever else because I just couldn't bear to go into work. For other people, it really looks like I don't want to go into this meeting with my boss because I feel like they're going to shame me in some way, shape, or form. Or I feel like they're talking down to me in some way, shape, or form. Um, But those are just a few of the examples because what we've also learned from that is, like, sometimes um, people who are um, agitators or people who are actively bullying, the bullying people, sometimes they will get people around you. Oh, I've seen it. To, yeah, to basically side against you. Um, which doesn't help, and then you basically, again, it leads to things like isolation, and you, you don't feel like you can go to anybody, and everybody is against you, um, so that's, those are some of the examples of the ways that it manifests itself, um, and there's a lot of people who go through that, but again, there are a few resources for you to go to. I will say, for me, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, and it was like, do you feel like Work is a safe space for you. Absolutely. Um, and I think it was to that point where I was having anxiety attacks at my desk, and I didn't understand what was going on. And also, I think that was the first time I actually started to have anxiety attacks, so I didn't know what they were. I just knew that I was there, and I felt like my heart was populating at a race that I could not control uh, or at a pace that I could not control. And I just felt really, really, it, it felt heavy. Um, and I think it's a way that you can only describe. But I think that, um, and Courtney and I, we always talk about this before, but you have to be in tune with who you are. You have to be in tune with you, too. I think that's really helpful in terms of being mindful of what your body reacts to, because your body can react without it act- without you telling it to. Your body knows when it's under shock. It knows when it's under pressure. It knows when it feels like something is wrong. And so those cues, pay attention to those cues. Pay attention to when, you know, you're tapping your your, your your pen in the meeting more often than what you've ever had. You're not a visitor. Yeah. You know, you need to make sure that, you know, when having conversations with people, you're not feeling short of breath, things like that. I think those physical cues are really, really important. And I understand that at high stress times, sometimes we don't even recognize what our body is trying to tell us. And I usually um, subscribe to the notion that we should go where we feel safe and what. Right. Yeah. And so if you don't feel safe in your working environment, I don't know if that's a work environment for you. And I tend to, can you cuss on the show? Absolutely. I do that shit all the time. You can say that with the FCC, but you can't. you can you can say whatever. This is our shit. Right. Welcome. So, like, it's really, um, fuck these institutions. And because they... Um, are not going to protect you at the end of the day. And you can't put your source of strength, happiness, anything in making sure that this situation gets better. Because every situation that we've been a part of uh, or listened to or read, um, they don't get better. Mm. And a lot of people tend to think, well, I'll just stick it out. It will get better. Maybe if I do this or that, they don't. Because if there's already bullying taking place, that means that it's going unchecked, and that means that leadership is not doing anything that's necessary to make sure that that goes to be checked. So and let so me let me interject this. I am 
Um, I'm actually Courtney. I'm actually curious. Yeah, so I was going to say I absolutely agree. And I say this to employees all of the time, regardless if it has to do with um, harassment or not. If you are not happy someplace for whatever reason, and sometimes you can be the problem. (laughs) I don't necessarily say that, but I have you know, encountered situations where people aren't happy at a particular job, but they are the part of the problem. And so it is always my model. And I'm not saying that that is the case in this, in this particular conversation at all. Um, but I'm always an advocate of you do not stay where you are not happy. However, comma, I also, make it a point and I know that this is unique to me not every HR person is like me I get that and that's not necessarily to pat myself on the back well, but, train them there. but train to pat them. myself on the back <laughs> if you don't know if I don't know I can't help you so that does yeah. not necessarily mean that I need you to fight this battle and I need you to stick it out all I'm saying is is the see something say something rule right so yeah if I don't I know, I also want to caution people with the see something, say something, because you, it comes at a rest. It does. Say, That's what I was gonna say. Recognize that it does come. That. It does come at a risk. So my point in that is, yes, say something because who knows? You may be the first person to ever say something, and it does come at a risk. And I do, I caution people to that as well. Um, because in order to say something, you have to feel like you can trust who you're saying something to, right? Absolutely. Um, but then for me, it's like you say something, you drop it there, and you leave. Like, it is not your obligation to stay oh, there. And I'm glad you give them that advice because I live by HR as the feds. So, yeah, okay, so I have <laughs> I a question. I personally believe that HR is there to protect the institution. So let me ask you guys this question because that was brought up to me when I was experiencing my workplace harassment and Courtney you and I talked about this to the point where I was literally like I was frustrated I didn't know what to do I felt like nobody was in my corner because somebody I wanted to go to HR one of my colleagues um told me that this this was her quote she said remember HR is not there to protect you they're there to protect the company and I literally walked outside and I called Courtney and I said Courtney my coworker told me that HR is not here to protect me. They're here to protect the company. Where the fuck do I go? Exactly. I was so and frustrated. I was like, so if I can't go there and I can't call the police because they'll kill me too. And I can't. Yeah. <laughs> real. Where yeah. the fuck do I go? Where do I go in order for me to feel safe? Where do I feel like even though I signed up to do this job, you have also signed up to reciprocate whatever it is that I'm doing. You are not meeting the end of the bargain. And so where is my safe space? And so I had to find safe spaces with other HR professionals like Courtney and people like you to talk to about how I should navigate these issues. So I guess I will ask you to, when they do have an HR department that somebody can't go to, how do they come together and build a team that they can strategize against this? Because although we know that people don't need to stay where they're not happy, we know bills come every first of the month. Absolutely. And so people still have to make a way because I literally felt like I had, I felt trapped. I literally felt the most trapped I had in my life. Where can people go if they don't have an HR office that they don't feel confident speaking to or feeling like they have trusted people i think it's twofold 
because we have to address both what individuals can do when they're facing that with their employers, but then we have to address what employers can do to create better environments for employees. And so I would say as an individual, the reason why these conversations are so important, because I learned very early time staffing. Yep. Mm-hmm. sending emails through third parties like if I sent it to this person I send it back to my personal email address mm-hmm. so that it's time set in case I have to go into litigation yeah you know making sure that I told somebody verbally and written wise that I verbally told them so it is on record mm-hmm. and then it depends on your state and I think Courtney can testify to this but there's some states that you can't record it and use mm-hmm. it but there are some where you can record conversations really like this is what they said. Yeah. I have it. But it just depends on the state. So I'm in this mode of the reason why these conversations are so important because I'm in prevention mode. Mm-hmm. Like, how can we teach people in case they get to the situation what they could do when day one? Exactly. What you need to be doing exactly. in case something like this happens. And then if you end up in a situation like that, that's why Enlightened Solutions is so awesome with Bethany and Chi Chi because they are having workshops where they are working through what this looks like, how people can combat it, you know, what legal action they can take with the information that they have before they go to police, before they go to get lawyers. They have a trained team to do that. And you can kind of tell that in the Scarlet Letters Project because they dissect it and they pull out what's happening and how it's happening. But that's, that's the individual side. The other side of that is the employee or the employer side. I think there are a number of steps you can take to make sure that you're providing a safe environment for your employees. Yeah. Um, if you're speaking up, reward people for speaking up. Make sure that they feel that mm-hmm. when they come to you, they feel like their information is taken into consideration and changes are made. Yeah. And I will add that as someone who's gone through agency to nonprofit, sometimes your HR department is one person. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there is no, mm-hmm. there isn't even a thought of HR because HR is friends with the CEO who's also very, right. <laughs> bullying you. Right. And, and that's what I like. <laughs> but also, while being on the South, the good old boys club. Yeah. But also to give that, that context, me. To give that context of the one one person HR team, like I can tell you how I got into HR. I did not have an HR background. I worked at a nonprofit where our chief programs officer was also the person who managed HR for years. And now, granted, I think she did a phenomenal job, but we never had one person dedicated to HR, right? So when we had this yeah. restructuring of the organization, it was like, okay, we need to make this a focus. And I was that first person to mm. do that. I had no HR background. Now, yeah. I did have some advocacy background, you know, that that grassroots experience. Right. Um, but my point in saying that is, especially in those settings, you find yourself with people who don't necessarily always have the capacity and the experience to address your needs as an employee. And so yeah. we end up stuck in this narrative, whether it's nonprofit, corporate, wherever, that HR is for the employer. And that's something that I'm working to change in this profession is that because that, that's no longer been the case. Not everybody has grasped hold to that yet, to this mm-hmm. quote unquote yeah. new narrative. 
But my priorities, I have two. It is the employer, but it's also the employees because I know that I can't do anything without this team. And if I have not created a safe environment for you to work, I personally will not stay there. And I've said this to my employer, my boss, my CEO several times. I know what ticks me. So, like, if morally and ethically you cannot be sound here, I will no longer be here. You know what I mean? And so, like, you have to really change that narrative um, because it does make it that much more difficult. But until that changes, and like you said, Lauren, a lot of that weight is on the employer. It's not like, again, you you as the employee, you're not obligated to to hold that weight. But one thing I do tell employees is you have the same rights as the employer. So you document everything. You, you know, you cross your T's, dot your I's. You do all the same methods that um, our legal advisor would tell, would tell us as the organization to protect ourselves. You would do the same, <coughs> excuse me, as an employee because you have those same rights. Because when it comes down to it, when the rubber meets the road. Listen, I tell people that all the time. Those 90 days, <coughs> you're whether you're somewhere else. Columbus, Ohio, or Delaware, like, (laughs) we have those conversations, we talk about those culture conversations all the time, like, I fear, not me personally, but we have seen this feedback where people are like, I fear speaking up because 
there will like for fear of being penalized. I don't know what that's going to look like. That could be me losing my job. That could be being be me being blackballed. Like this doesn't happen just in Hollywood. Like this happens everywhere in small nonprofits because people just don't know how to be people and grown ass adults. At a party at a museum, and this um, woman was like, "I don't know how you talk about these things on social channels. Like." Most of us would never even say half of what you say. But I'm always like, if I don't say it, then who, we then who is going to say these things? Then who we I don't know. I fucked up those statistics. But 75%, three out of four people, experience this. And it's so crazy to me that we're all hush-hush. It's because of the bureaucracy. It's because of the politics. It's because of the burning of the bridges. If you say something. And I'm just like, well, let me say this. Um. <laughs> When I moved, because where this happened, I was I was living in the South, and I was introduced to the term the good old boys club. Yeah. And I spoke about that briefly before, but Courtney, that speaks to what you were talking about, these cultures. That's the culture in the South is the good old boys club. Mm-hmm. They're these white men who stick together, who come from... Um, Honestly, you don't have to come from much. You just gotta get to be white. You just gotta be a white man. Exactly. You just gotta be a white man and rise to the top. You can be dirt poor. It doesn't matter. Once you're up there, you you are part of the club. They'll embrace you. They'll still judge you, but they'll embrace you. <laughs> That's true. But um, it's it's those people that protect each other. Those cultures. And so, what can we do as a culture? And I'm not saying to dismantle other cultures, but those cultures are the ones that do need to be dismantled. What can we do as a community to advocate for each other um, outside of things that you do in terms of your organization? Like, how can people individually advocate for each other in these spaces to form these groups and these alliances? Because they're needed. I think it's important for you to form your own alliances even if they're outside of the organization. When I was like going hard in the pain, I was at a place where I was like, oh, so they don't value me, but I really know I know how to do this shit for real. And you're yeah. discriminating against me on top of that. I could never come out and say mm-hmm. that this employer was discriminating against me on social channels because people would look at me like, don't hire her because she's putting out all your shit. Right? And it's insane. But I made myself valuable. I literally was like, okay, so you don't think I could do this here? I started aligning myself. And this is more of a self-advocacy thing. Yeah. Like, I think we have to learn. Again, this isn't victim blaming. I still think that institutions need to figure out ways where they can um, be Mm anti-bullying. But I do think until that happens, we have to find ways to advocate for ourselves. And if you've already gone to the institution and HR and been like, y'all ain't shooting me fair, here's the stats, here's the receipts, then I feel like when I was at a place and I started like doing this work outside of the institution, I started aligning myself with people who I felt like could advocate for me. So then when I got out, I was like, the opportunities came in for me. And I know everybody's not like that. Um, some people are very introverted yeah. um, and don't tend to go outside of their boxes. But I do think when you start recognizing that your employer doesn't value you, it's not a reflection of you. That no. doesn't make you any less valuable. And so I found ways to validate myself, whether it be in my community work or whether also your friendship circles. Because yeah. I talked to you. I was talking to people and they were like, you are brilliant. I don't know what. And I'm like, but I'm not brilliant. Because 
all of my career and my my where I'm supposed to go next is telling me that I'm not. That, they're not treating me like I'm not. That is a fact. There is there is a level of confidence that you do lose because you are questioning everything, everything. Mm-hmm. and you're even questioning the fact that you've invested in yourself and your skill set and the things that you can contribute. Yeah, it really does make you feel insecure. Yeah, um, because I also felt that way at my job, and I'm just like, I, I just won't do anything because I'm just gonna fuck it up. Yeah, and it's just like you're a human. You should expect yeah. to fuck up at least one thing, but you don't have to be perfect and that's why you have a team but people can make you feel like you said in isolation where you feel like that is all on you when it's not supposed to be on you now imagine living in a city where that happens employer after employer after employer and then you know people who are going through the same thing as you do but then no one says no one says anything yeah but but they're all thinking Everybody They're Everybody's all thinking, thinking it, it because no exactly because I I'll be honest I won't of course give too much detail but um, there are organizations prominent organizations that I know here in Columbus where the employees feel a particular way whether it's diversity and inclusion um, where where you know it just doesn't look good you know where there's smoke. You know, that type of situation. And people start to talking and it's like, oh, people see this out in the community as well. Yeah. And once that chatter starts to happen, because, and and I think sometimes black people, we forget how powerful we truly are. Yeah, we just made that because the moment the moment those two voices collaborate like in in this particular situation or example like where you have some people internally that know like some shit ain't all the way right and then you because you have your external networks Lauren like you're saying you know what I mean you start hearing that chatter one movement one little spark could set the whole thing off where it's just like you could you could lay somebody's shit bare. You know what I'm saying? Well, but, because, but because... <laughs> I no, I just mean in general. But yet. because people spend so much time like trying to sweep it under the rug or, you know, no, everybody's whispering about it and you hear the chatter about it, but nobody's really saying anything. You need those moments like you have, Lauren, where everybody else feels just as empowered to do that and say, no... I know I'm not the only one and not just off of assumption, but because of true factual conversations, it's time to blow this shit up. Period. Absolutely. But I would offer what happens when you are dealing with powerful people, right? So let's say you have an owner and he owns half of the town, but he's Mm -hmm. being abusive to his employees and you have concrete facts and pictures that this person is being abusive. But people are like, but the tacos are good. And you're like, but bitch. <laughs> right. Fuck them tacos. <laughs> yeah, we, listen, you like to go to that Taco Bell when you were four. You got to do it now. That's what I essentially ran into. And, you know, there are other people I know who are doing this work in various spaces. I know. Sorry, this is a little reverb. So I'm sorry if I'm a little slow, you guys. But, um. There's, there's people who I know doing their this work, and 
there's always pushback. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think no matter how high up on the pole you are or how low you are, as soon as you start speaking truth to power, mm. that's a level of, like, I will be all the way honest with you. There are times when I was like, oh my gosh, I have to check my doors. I have to watch where I'm walking. And, but because I'm calling out institutions yep. in the city, and people who have gone through the same experience as me will be like, I'm so proud that you're doing that. But I'm like, okay, well, say something. <laughs> so I'm not here by myself, and they will not. Yeah. So I don't blame those people. I never blame people who have been victims of a system that was not designed to protect them. Yes, right. protect them. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them at all. But what I do think is, we talk, I was just talking at a conference about cancel culture, and it takes people in power in order for you to actually cancel somebody. And so even though the people can be powerful and they can rise up and they can make decisions, I mean, like, you know, uh, Rick Ross was getting his Reebok deals canceled and everything else like that when he came up with that, you know, slip Molly on her drink, you don't even know it, right? Right. So we can speak up in ways, but when it comes to sometimes institutions that are larger than life, it requires the leadership to come in and actually say, this is not right, and these are the changes that we're going to make. Starbucks, those things, incidents were happening, and they were like, we're shutting down all the Starbucks for right. diversity and inclusion for like a whole day. Is the day enough? No, it's not. But the leadership recognized it's bad Absolutely. for business, it's bad for your employees, it's bad for your consumers. So that's all I was going to say about that. But it requires a collective. It's not just on the people, it's on the leadership, it's on where you live at, your government. Who is enforcing and who is making sure that there's accountability? Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with I you. I do, too. Courtney, um, so I guess to wrap up the conversation, even though it sounds like we can just keep going on and on about this for hours, because I think that we can, and not enough people have. Um, so what would be your tips for somebody who is in this situation who is trying to identify and how to get out? I think it's important that people gather their receipts. We always talk about, I got my receipts. Okay, well, keep them with H- Well, not HR. Keep them with you at work. Keep your emails, phone calls, log those phone calls when you have the phone call. Recap conversations that happen verbally because sometimes it's the water cooler conversation that is the most dangerous. So sometimes I'll go in and I'll be like, so thanks so much for that conversation. Per what you said about da 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 da. Y'all know what that per means. I will recap conversations that people have with me verbally because they'll swear up and down they didn't happen with you. Mm-hmm. So I think that those are just my tips. I say do it early and as often as you can. Even if your employer is the best company in the world, keep your receipts. Save yeah. your emails. Download your emails. Send them to your personal email address. Because it might help you in the end if something happens to you. Yeah. I am, I apologize. I am on the side of as early and as possible. People have a tendency to, when they have the first occurrence, they brush it off. Um, Mm -hmm. And then... Don't then you talk to me like that, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> and then you end up in a situation where it's just like, okay, you, you experience this one instance and you're like, okay, that was just this one time, maybe to get better. And I don't believe in the maybe or the hopeful of it, of it will get better. Like, you can't do that without addressing it, right? So, yeah. 
like address it from the very, very beginning because it's going to set the tone for everything else. And I'm a firm believer, especially especially if you're new to an organization, it sets the tone for how people, like we say in life, are supposed to treat you and how you will allow yeah. them to treat you and setting the tone for letting them know what they can and cannot get away with. So as early as possible, when you see the first thing, the first sign, go ahead and address it. And it doesn't have to be um, setting a bomb from the very beginning, but a simple conversation of, hey, this is what I experienced. I just wanted to give some feedback. I didn't think that was the most productive conversation or the most uh, productive interaction, whatever it may be. Here's why, point blank in the period. Um, And then when, when and if it occurs again, but... Likely, if it happened the first time, it will occur again. It goes back to the point of, you know, point of the receipts. Like, but you have to address it the very first time. I think that's yeah. where people have a tendency to to miss the boat sometimes is that they let mm-hmm. it build up. And then you wait until it's the straw that breaks the camel's back that you want to yeah. start documenting. Where it's just like, nope, do it all along. And it doesn't have to be, again, it doesn't have to be this vindictive documentation where it's just like, no. I'm going to document it for myself, and that way if it happens again, I can throw it in their face. No. Like Lauren said, like, address it. Go back and and document whatever that conversation was. And, and again, the conversation does not have to be vindictive or aggressive. But, look, I just want you to know that this is what happened. This is how I'm going to handle it from here on out. But you, you need to, you know, the ball is in your court for A, B, and C. But, yes, start from the very beginning. So right, Courtney, that just came 360 for me or 180, whatever circle you want. Um, we were to go halfway, whole way, but that just came so clear to me because I knew the moment when I should have said something when you just said that. Yeah, and I'm sure we can all we can all go yeah. through that. And hindsight um, is 2020, right? Like, sure is. but now you take that with you. And I even say that for about sure. jobs and the in the next jobs that you go to in the interviews. That changes your whole perspective on what questions you ask in that interview the next time. I'm not asking you those bullshit yeah, yeah. questions about no, what's my yeah. schedule or no. I want to know. Exactly. I want to know how you would, just like like when we interview people, we give them scenarios to respond to. Tell me how you would handle this situation. I throw those right. same type of questions back at the employer. How would you handle this situation if you found yourself in this position? Tell me what you You're would right. do. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I interviewed completely different after yeah. having that experience. It was like, I need to be somewhere safe. We talk about that at Enlightened Solutions. People know their boundaries. Right. You can allow people to push that. That's it. That's it. Um, I think my tips would be for the individual as well. And I think that that would be, um, I recently read The Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that while you're at work, I would say this. You never know when it's going to happen. You never know when it's going to be you. And you never know um, just who you're working for because you have to get to know them just like you have to get to know any new work environment. And I will say this. I will say always do your best. Always be making, always make sure that your resume is updated. Always make sure that you are doing the best to make sure that you're the best professional because if you need to get the fuck out, you need to get the fuck out. And if you don't have the time to build up the skill set that you need to make your next move, your best move, you need to be strategizing on how you can get out of there. So, 
you can't control other people, but what you can control is yourself. And so I will tell you, always be doing your best at work. Always um, be on your P's and Q's in terms of professional development and things that you can get involved in. Because when you need to make that move, it's not about them. This is about you. This is about making sure that your resume is together and that you've gotten what you need in order to move to that next step. That is something that I will say to you. I will also recommend that your finances stay in order. I know that a lot of people don't believe in savings, but I'm telling you, I've never felt more crippled in my life when I realized that I had a lease that I had to pay for in terms of an apartment and a job that I had that I had to get out of. I never felt more imprisoned in my life and I feel like I have to stay here because right. I signed these contracts. Like, it's an ink pen. I want to tear that shit up. I want to leave. I want to get out. My happiness is more important than that. So if you have the financial wisdom to make good choices, make good choices with your money. Save your money. Put together a savings aside that if you need three months or an emergency fund, make sure that you have that so that you won't ever feel like anybody has any shackles around you and that you have to stay and that that choice is on your own and that you won't feel like somebody is holding your livelihood over your head because that is the worst feeling in the world is to feel like somebody is manipulating you based off of money and you can't even pay me what I'm worth if you want right so I am telling you, get your coins together, get your resume together, and be able to move on your own accord because nobody gives you permission but yourself. I was just oh. curious, so as you were saying that, I'm going to employers like, my man has two jobs. Exactly. <laughs> my man has two jobs, and by my man, I mean me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, come with your coins ready yeah. because yeah. I had never felt so in prison in my life to feel like I had to stay somewhere where I wasn't happy. And if you are if you are a person who naturally elevates on in an energy that is conducive to most environments, you're a positive person, you'll know when that has been disrupted. Yeah. You can't move right when you yeah. are not in your natural element. Like is this depression? Is this illness? Is this you don't even know what to name it because it's so not you on your everyday level. And I'm just I just I don't want us to ever feel um, like you're not empowered, like that quote says. Like, you are empowered until you make the choice to be that and take that power back. Don't let people have that much control over you. Get your coins ready. Um, get your skill set ready. Invest in yourself. Do whatever you can to make yourself as, um, I don't even know, just as marketable as, as possible. So to your if point, you leave, Tiana, to your point, I have one more tip, and I promise we can move on. But okay. <laughs> no, find and know your advocates. Yeah, find and know your advocates internally and externally. And I say that because you are always going to need somebody to vouch for you. You yes. want somebody who's going to be able to be in your corner and not in the sense of because sometimes at the end of the day, I mean, we know this as women, they don't believe us, right? So find your advocates because I have found, and sometimes your advocates is not about justifying or clear or um, validating your name, your work ethic, whatever, internally. Sometimes that advocate is going to be like, you know what? I know somebody that knows somebody that has a job opportunity. Let's get you out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Kiana, I know we have experienced this. Kiana was like, you know, I'm looking. I saw, I saw that 
this company, I almost said my job. I saw that this company, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, has an opening. Tell me, tell me what I need to do, but find your advocates there. There is no better feeling. And I say that to your point about like not having to feel stuck. I know I'm in a position right now. Again, this is not to boast, but if I wanted to leave my job, I know there's at least one or two people that I could call that would be like, okay, come here. Right. Like, and that's outside of the organization. You know what I mean? Like, you have to stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. Amen. Yeah. yeah, Period. Period, poo. Period. Period. We're going to leave it on that. Yes. And that's that on that. Okay. Yes. Thank you both for such a good, and like I said in the very beginning, robust conversation. Absolutely. Because we knew that this was going to happen. Like Kiana said, we could talk about this for days on end. Fuck hours. Um, we could talk about this for days on end. Um, and and I think it is. I think it is important that we do a part two so that we can really delve more into the conversation about how we can be solution oriented and how we can be Absolutely, advocates yeah. for each other. Um, Absolutely. So again, thank you both. We can bring in enlightened solutions. Yes. 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 Chi and Bethany are amazing. I love that her name is Chi Chi. Yes. I just wanted hey, to say hey. yes. yes. So that wraps that. We are going to um move into our tips. I always fuck that. Yes. Yep. Yeah, let's do it. We move into our tips. So, Kiana. You're going to go first. Who is your tip of the week? So, I have three tips this week, but I'm going to make it short. Three. That means I got to do three templates. You do recognize that every time you give me a list. (laughs) Not everybody's going to make it to the tips on the social media page. (laughs) The first first tip I have to give to, I have to give to you and Laura. Oh, okay. Thank you. What? (laughs) This would be my advocate. Oh. Wait, how much um, do we get? Oh, y'all get 100%. I don't <laughs> got kidding. the real coin. But I got the arbitrary coin. It's like, hey, y'all, if y'all see me out, I got you on a dream. We can do whatever you want. Come visit me. My job will pay for a hotel. Um, <laughs> um, so, yes, my tip is to y'all, too, because if y'all don't have strong women around y'all, I don't know what y'all doing. Mm. Cause my spot is my lifeline. So... Shout out to y'all. Oh, what's my second tip? Oh, my second tip is going to Cleveland, what's it, Cleveland Hopkins Airport? Yes, because as you know, you guys, our travel season is approaching. I want to give a tip to, one, everybody who works in the airport industry, um, but specifically the people who bust you from the rental car stations in Cleveland to the airport. It is the best customer service. This man Everybody who walks on the bus, he asks, is like, do we have any people who are, you know, um, originally from Cleveland, but who are going to their new homes? Like, where are y'all going? He's just so intuitive, so nice. And so I have to give 
honor and respect to my city because they make you feel good when you're at the airport because the airport is not the funnest place to part in your travel. So I know a lot of people are just like, oh, you travel for work and you do a lot of traveling. The airport is actually my least favorite part yeah. um, of traveling. So I appreciate Cleveland Hopkins for that. And then last but not least, and this does not have to make it to social media, but this is a life tip. I'm changing it up a little bit. This is a life tip. For all those in ride share companies, let me just say this. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> As I made my way to Warren's house in the smaller cities, people are requesting you, and let me just, let me caveat and say this. I am not opposed to ride shares or people who are drivers of ride shares when I need it and I need the extra hustle and the money. I will cut on my Lyft app. I, will, I have happily drove Lyft before, and I really love it. It's a great opportunity for you to know the city that you're in for anybody who's moving somewhere new. But the reason why we're requesting you is because we have somewhere to go. Drive as such. Arrive to your destination as such. That is the whole purpose of your job. So just a tip for people so that you can gain more actual tips that I'm not giving you, like real money. Just make sure that the people get to where they need to go to in a timely fashion, respectful and considerate, because that is the whole premise of your job. That bothered mm-hmm. me to my core today. And it was just like, my city, my city, like we got people here who are still hustling and bustling, and you are one of them. And so in order for you to get to your next spot and your next pickup, you need to be moving and grooving. And, not, and I'm not telling you to do this in an unsafe way. I'm just telling you to do this in a very considerate manner because that's what we're paying you for and that's how you get paid and that's how you make the most coins. As someone who regrets that she is an Uber diamond member, <laughs> I concur. Yeah. That was a I mess today. just enough to know, like, y'all gotta get this Y'all have to. Yeah. So, yeah, those are my tips. I'm done. All right. Lauren, do you have any tips? I do, but no, you go first. <laughs> no, no, my dear. No, my dear. You're the guest. <laughs> okay. So, tips. I really just think, and I will say this until I am six feet under, it have some solid black women around here. I have been off for like a week now. And between this and, like, living my best life on Friday and being at school, <laughs> I really feel like black women have saved my life. Yeah. And oh, so, yeah. if you ain't getting it wrong, you're doing it wrong. And I think that for a minute, also, I'm kind of a little, when they don't have no black women who are, like, friends, I'm like, ooh. Who's <laughs> telling you the truth, truth? I don't know. Um, another thing is, um, I would say Hot Girl Summer is almost over, <laughs> but Hot Girl Halloween is approaching, so get ready. <laughs> That's my tip to everybody. Okay. Get ready for that. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything more insightful. That's but all right. I would say follow the Women's Leadership Guild at at WLC. <laughs> Okay, so my tip is um, it's going to go to actually a mutual friend of all of ours, Miss um, Shanice Settle. I, can, yes! I cannot I believe you make the show. 
I cannot believe I'm calling her by her married name. But anyway, um, my tip is going to go to her new platform, um, Our Coffee yeah. Conversations. And yes. I just absolutely so love it. And it really, to me, is a testament because I think a lot of times people get so wrapped up in this idea of somebody else is already doing it, but you still have your special touch to do it in a certain way. Um, yeah. I've been telling Shanice for years that she needs to write a book. I can't wait yeah, to yeah. read it. Um, yeah. But our uh, she hosts our coffee conversations. And so it's um, it's a blog. If you know she her, then you... Right. And if you know her, her, you know she has yes. a media Quiet background. Like, she... she knows she, how to get stories. Yeah, she is the yes. absolute bomb. So she's having these really authentic conversations. Um, what I've seen so far with other black women. Um, and they're, they are phenomenal. And if you're from Cleveland, yes, then you... Are then you know Shanice from the news, but I just wanted to show her some love. Um, She's one of my first babies (laughs) from OU. I know I can't call her that anymore because she's grown and married and with her her little dog (laughs) child. But I just wanted to show her some love because she is one person that I think has always been so consistent in who she is, so authentic, um, always growing and always thriving. And she is just truly a joy and a gem to be around so shout out to Shanice if you have not already go follow our coffee conversations um yeah all right add to that really really quick because I would be remiss if I did not she is one of course babies but I am one of Shanice's babies (laughs) and that woman and her crew have raised me and we don't talk enough about the black women who raise us who are our peers and I'm grateful for her and so I am definitely advocating for that space because I love it so much and so and just like what Courtney said like it's just ingenuity like if if you don't find that one lane works for you, just keep making another and you get that niche that you like. And homegirl's always been special, but this right here is just so magical and it highlights so many different elements of who she is. Not only her, but our city and our women and people uh, who aren't from here highlighting different black women. And she's just doing a fantastic job. So I, I just had to add my two cents. Lord have mercy. <laughs> She is always down. Like, I asked her to sit on the panel for me just to talk about her, like, black, great life experiences. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no problem. I'll do it. I was like, are you sure? I know you're, like, super busy. And she's just always been super supportive and always so fun. And I love Shanice. No, Shanice. You're so funny. Okay, we moving on. Brunch spots. Okay. I have a brush spot. I'm ready. I will recommend a brush spot that I went to this weekend. If you are um, feeling a little mm, it's Hispanic itch that you want to scratch during brunch, I recommend that you go out to Paladar in Cleveland. My spot has some empanadas there, and they also have $3 mimosas. So go ahead and yes. take advantage of it. That's my brunch spot for the week. Awesome. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <clears throat> My fresh spot is always going to be Lux. Oh, I love Lux. I love Lux. They are one of the eldest fresh spots in Gordon Square before people were trying to come into Gordon Square. 
I love their brunch menu. I love their dinner menu. But you can just go in there and get really cheap bellinis and mimosas mm-hmm. on Saturdays. So I love that place. And you can get like really nice bottles of wine for very cheap. Nice. And expensive, not cheap. Yeah, not cheap wine and expensive bottles. Yeah, if you're like, I just want to get the whole bottle. I love the crew there. They're awesome. They are great. They have a DJ out during the summertime, so that's my place, Lux and Gray Square. I'm a West Sider. (laughs) Paladar. I love Paladar. Oh gosh. <clears throat> All right, so my brunch spot is um here in Columbus, South Village Grill. Um, it was it was yummy. I had this calamari that I had never had in a way before. It was uh tossed in this glaze and then drizzled with this uh you know, I love an aioli. Uh, an aioli sauce on top that was just phenomenal and they had mimosas with with fresh squeezed orange juice like you could still see that i'm not normally a pulp person but to see and taste the freshness in that mimosa was absolutely everything um so shout out to south village grill and that wraps up our brunch spots we made it yes we did so comfortable. We made it. Thank you, ladies, so much. No, thank you. Oh, thank you. Like fangirling, even though I know both of you. I'm like, ah! <laughs> like, friends with the both of us. Yeah. The both of us. Courtney, do you want to do social media and then our announcement, or do you want to announce it right now? I say let's do the announcement right now, and then we can wrap with social media. So we have news, we have announcements. This Love Brunch is officially taking a break. Um, we, we, will, we will be back soon. It's a short break, but we're coming back with a new season. Ew. A new Ew. season of podcast episodes for you to enjoy. We are so excited just to revamp this podcast and to still grow with you all. Y'all have been consistent. Y'all have been writers two years, like two years. Uh, who says that you need friendships for a long period of time? You do, but I also believe in new friendships and new beginnings. And so that's where we're going to start with you guys. So we're so excited to take this break, revamp, come back better than ever. Um, this was such a great episode to wrap up the season for us and to start our new season fresher than ever. And yeah, I just can't wait. So that's our announcement for you guys. So stay tuned. We'll be back soon. And then we're going to wrap up with the social media handles. But before I go into ours, Lo, I know that you mentioned before that your social media handles, where they can find you, I just want to give you the time, clear, and space so that they, oh. they can really understand what it is. Let them know where they can find you and partnerships, where they can feel supported. Yes. So if you experience work, place harassment or bullying or um, anything of that nature, you can visit enlighten-solutions.com. They are here to help. You can also visit the Women's Leadership Guild at wlguild.com, and that's where you find my organization. So you can make sure you visit both of our organizations that are working to make sure that there are equitable and safe spaces for all of us in the workplace. We appreciate you guys. We definitely do. 
Um, if you are looking for spaces where you can find Bitches Love Brunch, we have a Facebook group. Um, the Facebook group is called Bitches Love Brunch. You can find us on Instagram at bitches double underscore loves double underscore brunch. Make sure to tag us on all your brunch content. We reposting all your y'all kicking it and y'all have been including it. So thank you so much. Um, wherever you're listening to us on Sound SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, all your streaming platforms, make sure that you like rate and review tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend tag us Lauren. and share our posts yes, yes. yes. Tag us and share our posts keep resharing and we are growing and we are so so excited to have you all thank you to all of our new followers all of our new listeners all of our old listeners all the ones that's gonna listen and never come back we don't care we love you we appreciate it um and thank you lauren oh my god again fangirling <laughs> <laughs>